Hey there, my name is Martin Steinsburn, and welcome to What the HR Podcast, your podcast about HR. With me, I have my lovely co-host, Gabriela Overby Rosas, and together we're going to talk about the different areas within HR, as well as the trends. We hope you're going to enjoy spending time with us, and let's get on with today's episode. And welcome back to another episode of What the HR Podcast. First of all, I'd like to present my lovely co-host and partner in crime, Gabby. Are you ready to talk some more about HR? Oh, hi, Martin. Yes, I'm super ready to talk more about HR. What about you? I am so ready. I mean, I, I don't think I can... Sp- I stopped talking about it because I talked to to you about it and I talked to colleagues and others. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think I talk about it a little bit too much. I feel sometimes a little, feel a bit sorry for my wife. But yeah. this is I think that's an occupational hazard and she kind of signed that uh, contract before, <laughs> not knowing yeah. what would happen. So, uh, so what has you been up to since last time? Well, uh, lots of work, uh, lots of HR as well in my life. <laughs> I think both our partners are suffering from listening to all of uh, great ideas for HR and for changes and for workshops and podcasts. So, yeah. And uh, tell me, what about you? What have you been up since last time? Oh, um we have been up to to quite a lot well i have been up to quite a lot unfortunately i had to to let my hr uh, colleague go but it's it's okay i mean it was a it was a very good uh, next step for her and uh, luckily it, she she left at a low point uh, i mean in activity wise um so that was very very good and uh, so yeah um it's it's going quite well, and we have taken new initiatives at the company to develop uh, both uh, for colleagues and and we have asked how people are doing in the company because we we need to develop and we need to develop the company culture and and all these things. So so yeah, um, it's been um, it's been the tail end of a very busy period. Um, and now it's, uh, I guess, it's finding this, you know, this average level. And yeah, it's, it's lovely and it's sunny now. And yeah, it's just giving better all of it. So, so yeah, it's really good. And uh, so today's topic is what HR can do for you and your company when it's at its full potential. But before we get into this topic, uh, we have received some questions from our listeners uh, since last time, which we are very thankful for. So thank you. Um, So yeah, and the first one is from Tina and she asks, what will be your advice to a company's HR department in regards to change within the department itself? And since um, Gabby, you're the most, the one with the most experience uh, between you and I, so I will let you answer this question. Thank you, Martin. And uh, thank you, Tina, for sending the question. I'm very happy to know we have listeners. And, um, well, uh, when I hear the question, I 
I don't quite know uh, what uh, is going on with um, Tina's HR department and how is it, um, how, how does it work now? But I'm going to try to answer to the best of my abilities. And I can imagine that when you talk about change within the, the department, you are talking about modernizing it. You're talking about bringing the HR department uh, up to date. And it is a tendency right now that for many people to wonder how to take your HR department from that old-fashioned uh, paper, numbers-oriented, and take it to the next level where the HR can actually help with employee branding, which when the HR is focused on culture, when the HR is focused on learning and development, and it can actually help develop the company and actually uh, bring the company to to the next level in terms of um, employee image, image employee branding of, um, I, I would say as well, uh, it would bring the numbers up because when you invest mm -hmm. in certain parts of your company, when you invest in, in learning and development, when you invest on employees, when you invest uh, on training, when you invest on communication, on improvements in your company, you, you're investing on the people and you're getting the people to want to stay. So I think this is uh, what a lot of people are asking nowadays, how to get this department from the, the old fashioned ways into the future. As we see in many companies, there's a huge tendency on LinkedIn that now HR is way more present and it's something that we didn't see it. As we talked the last time, we have this image of the HR lady in her office, <laughs> which is she's never part of the team. She's never part of the company. She she comes when people need, uh, when people are in trouble, when there is some kind of harassment, when there's some kind of complaint. Uh, or if she needs to to resolve a conflict. And I don't think that's uh, what the HR department should be used for exclusively, of course. And when you have a good HR department, a more modern nowadays, you have people from culture, people from diversity, people for people. And how, um, if I would have any advice, is, is that to get out of the paper uh, and start looking at the individuals and the people are not just numbers. This is something that I always say. So you need to look at the individual. You need to see um, the individual for what they can bring because we can all bring a huge return for our company. And when the company is investing in someone, you also expect to have this investment return. And if you are really investing, you're not just investing by saying this is what you're doing and uh, if you need help, you say, no, I'm here for you and I'm invested in you. I, I understand you. I am culturally um, inclined to, to accept the way you are and I will help you develop yourself to the fullest so i would say that for hr to change it needs to start with this um 
this new thought that is people are not numbers, people are not uh, a file, people are individuals that need different kind of um, attention, the different kind of treatment, and you need to work with them. So that's how you change the department. It's, it's kind of painful for an HR that is very, very uh, number-oriented or very, very docu document-filing-oriented and to take it to, to work directly and with improvements. I think that's the key. And even though it's difficult, it's the... The necessary change so that's how I would answer that you you change by refocusing the department even though I'm not sure if I'm answering it correctly for what Tina has asked us and uh, do you have any comments on that Martin well well just for your listeners and uh, since you you cannot see me but uh, yeah I was nodding a lot of the way uh, through your answer, Gabby. Um, but yeah, I was. I would also say that what would what came first to mind when I was think, uh, when I uh, when actually was I was reading. I wasn't listening to the question, but I was reading the question. Um, and what the first come to mind was actually a rebranding of HR, um, because as you mentioned yourself, HR has for a very very long time been like the messenger of of bad things, mm -hmm. like firing people, as you said yourself, harassment cases, whatever. Every time you saw someone from HR come walking towards your, your office or department, like, hmm, who's going to be chosen? Who's going to be voted off the islands, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's not a good thing because, and that also just limits the interaction with HR. And HR is just becoming this Voldemort of a company. You don't speak the name. You don't want to be acquainted with it. You just fear for it and avoid it. So yeah, um, just rebranding, as you said, to as a helping, helping. I wouldn't call it a tool, but someone who who can help when when something hits the fan, and um, and can see from another perspective is not connected is not involved directly but can actually assist um and that can be as a third party or just as a um yeah just as a as a not i wouldn't call it a coach but someone you can if you have a personal problem within the company something happens in your personal life that affects your your work you have someone to talk to that is not connected to your day-to-day -day work so yeah, um, not that HR department should become like a the local shrink office. It's not <laughs> what I'm saying. I'm just saying that we all people, we all have problems, and they might, since HR is working day to day with people and understanding people, yeah, um, they will definitely be able to to help people out. And we're not just firing people. Also, it's not HR fight that's firing people. They're just the messengers. So, yeah. so yeah, um, um, <laughs> so, so yeah, so I think that is very well answered for, for our best, um, for what we can do now, because as you said, yourself, Gabby, we, we don't know about the situation, uh, what Tina is facing and or what her whole 
department is working with or how they look today. So yeah, we can only assume. Um, so yeah, the next question we have is from Carl and he asks, what do you think is most important in a candidate, personality or skill set? Okay, uh, that's a very interesting question. <laughs> it's one of the questions that we see the most uh, being answered by several um, HR professionals on LinkedIn and uh, on several mm. different in channels. And thank yeah. you, Carl, for your question. It is, uh, it's quite interesting. So uh, from an HR perspective, uh, what is more important, the in a candidate personality or skill set. So ideally, we would have a 50-50 personality and skill set match, <laughs> or as I say, 100-100, 100% perfect mm. personality, 100% perfect skill set. Um, but there is a discussion that is also going on that do you want somebody that's uh, technically perfect or do you want somebody, well, more than personality, that actually wants to work, that has the will to work. And uh, it's it's very important to observe when you are talking to a person, when you are interviewing a candidate, um, how much do they really want that job? How much they are really interested? Uh, how, how are they selling themselves? And when I say selling themselves, it sounds uh, odd for many people, but that's <laughs> exactly it, is showing their own value and by their personality and uh, by their willpower by the questions they answer you can see if the person is the right fit because you're looking for things like enthusiasm you're looking for things like uh, signs of that that this person is trustworthy that this person will be loyal that this person has what it takes and won't run from the fight because Things in a workplace, they, they go as a roller coaster. So there has very great days and we had very low days and we have conflicts like uh, in, in any workplace because you have different personalities working together, strangers that come together to make a project happen. And it's, it's bound to generate conflicts. So you want to know from a candidate how he or she would uh, actually... Uh, behave in the situations how would they deal with a situation where they they have to to handle conflict or they have to communicate something or they have to work with different departments and this actually tells me much more about that person and how that person actually fits with other personalities in the workplace and this is something i always say when we when hr interviews a candidate but we are looking for this personality. We are looking for these traits because we already know the team that this person needs to go in or the whole company, depending on the size of the company. And we can match uh, the, the personalities and we can say, oh, this person is great. They has a perfect skill set, but he won't work here because the team has a different um mood the team has a different vibe and it doesn't go well so it would be a mismatch so of course you're looking for a skill set because you need especially in some uh, areas that candidates have 
uh, a very specific skill set because you need in areas like technology, you actually mm -hmm. need a person that has a very specific skill set. But if their personality is a mismatch to the rest of the team, and that's one of the biggest things we look for, the best skill set won't do. And it's the same as saying, I, I'm, am I looking for a super talented person or I'm looking for a person who is willing to do the job and is willing to learn? Because you have some fast learners who are fantastic and they actually uh, embody the, the company values and you want them because you can actually teach them Uh, the, the skills or you can actually train them to become better but you cannot change a person's personality so I would say that uh, if you ask me I need the skill set but I'm going to look for that match in the personality for sure yeah yeah um, and um, just to let you listeners into a little secret um, when actually when I got to this job It was actually because of Gabby, because and I before when I searched I, when I applied for that job, I didn't have the skill set. I mean, I did. I've I've done, of course, I've done stuff before, but I've never worked with HR before, and I actually did this. And and I would say I do. I I did at that time, and I still do today. I do really, you know, are enthusiastic about this topic and about this line of work, and I think that not, not to pat myself on the back and uh, give myself a crown on the trophy, but I, but I do really uh, think that I have the personality that, that you just described. And um, I haven't heard anything on the contrary um, <laughs> from, uh, from <clears throat> my boss. So, um, so I, I think that's a good, I take that as like confirmation, but, uh, but yeah, uh, when I normally, do uh, do uh, job interviews or recruitment. Of course, I also look at at, uh, at the skill sets, at the backgrounds. Um, but I have also been confirmed in for that for me, personality is is if I had to if I had to choose, as you said yourself, Gap. Of course, ideal world, it will just be 100 hundred um it, on both cases but since we're all people that is usually not the case um so if i had to pick one of the other i would definitely say personality first because you can always teach skill sets um of course yes okay if it's quantum mechanics and the person doesn't know then of course it's a little bit hard but um within the reasonable um boundaries of course and so yeah, so again, because I've also seen where highly skilled people have been added to a team where they did not fit in, come like they were, they were just this social outcast in a way because it didn't fit in. They were, um, they were just too, um, too different. So and uh, I think you also said that uh, said this, Gabby, um, is that when when you, I mean. Of course, you can still work together, even because you still have the skill sets to uh, to do the tasks that you are given. But if if you're working with somebody you don't match with, 
then it's it's not effective. It's like this. Uh, I don't. I just want to finish the task so I can, you know, go back to my my normal social group or something. And that's just a divergent. You know, you're not there physically. You're not well. You're there physically, but you're not there hundred percent mentally. And and that's affecting your uh, your efficiency in in the end. Or and if you're having to create this one part in the machinery that needs to, you know, push the whole product out the door on the market, but you just want to rush it then that can actually result in that that product is not suitable for the market or it falls through and it's just not good. So yeah, uh, to to make it a little shorter, um, I, I definitely look for personality in the beginning and for, for first and foremost, um, unless of course it's a very critical um position and if if that's so then i normally take take a team leader in and uh, they they assist in the job interview so they can ask all the technical questions and vice and also the candidate can ask all kinds of technical questions because yes i do know about the, t- the position but for example i do not talk all the technical lingo um so it's good to have someone to to help you out in, in that way so do you have anything to note on the question or should we just move forward to, to the next one? Yeah, I'm just going to put an observation there. Uh, when I described the enthusiastic candidate, I, I was truly describing you. And uh, oh. he, yes, Martin is, for, for people who does not know, uh, uh, he is uh, fantastic and uh, he is one of the most enthusiastic persons that I know about that, that loves HR so much. And uh, it, it's, it's, it was just so obvious to, to see, to hear on your voice. And I couldn't go any other way because it's, he's that kind of person that when you interview with him, you're just thinking about him afterwards. <laughs> Not to Aww. sound weird, but you're just thinking about, yeah, I, I, I need to work with that guy because he has something, he has something to offer. And I could not have have made the, the a more perfect choice. Oh, thank you, Gabby. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy that we that our paths crossed and uh, we chose to intertwine them instead of just letting them drift apart. Exactly. I'm so happy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, and the next question is from Marie. She says, uh, well, she asks, I have a hard time to contact HR where I work because I don't know anyone from there and I feel weird writing to them. How can that be changed? Well, Marie, uh, thank you for your question. And I will tell you that this is very, very normal. When people don't know HR, they feel very uncomfortable, especially if it's, and that and that fits, that falls right into the category of the, uh, the old-fashioned HR, where you don't know the face of the person unless you get called to the office for some reason, or you need to go to their office for some reason. And it's a, usually a very... Um, stiff and uh, awkward encounter where you are super nervous because why am I here or I am here because I need to talk about Mm -hmm. something that is uncomfortable to me and uh, I don't know anybody and I've heard this before so uh, new HRs uh, people the the new HR model of work is uh, (laughs) first and foremost introduce 
themselves and uh, make sure that the people, the team, the whole team knows this person and that this person is available is something that we always say, I'm available for you. I'm here if you need anything. Uh, HR that checks in uh, helps facilitate this a lot and avoid this awkwardness. And uh, that's how it can be changed, that as soon as HR, new HR joins or when the people join, um, new people join a company, that they get a nice onboarding. And in this onboarding, uh, something very interesting that I've seen another day, that uh, in the onboarding of the company, there was the picture of the three HR people because it was a big, big company. So it's not like they are going to work directly with them, like they are going to see them every day, especially in remote times. So by the end, they said, if you need anything, just contact HR. This is how we look like. And there was two men and a woman. She was in the middle and it's the whole body picture. And it was fun. It was informal. And it was a way that they kind of broke the ice. So people already knew who they, who was sending their mess the message to them, and who they should contact, and they they actually this makes people feel a little bit more comfortable because they have mm-hmm. this name face thing, and I think that's how it can be changed. And of course, Marie, if you have a hard time uh, contacting your HR um, because you don't know anybody. Uh, and you, and you have also this concept, this image that HR is is hidden, is a person that is there to discipline or just relax. Uh, is probably uh, a very nice person who is there. HR people are usually cool. We we are used to work with people. There's nothing that we have that we haven't heard. I will tell you that the more time you have in HR, it's, it's, the, it's more difficult to find something that you haven't dealt with. So we have plenty of stories that we cannot tell because they're all confidential. And also be sure that everything is confidential. So you can totally write, you can totally just go and or give them a call and ask if it's okay to talk. And I think after you break this initial ice, you, you're going to find uh, a very good uh, a counselor, advisor, uh, person to to talk to when you need, for sure, in your own company. So, Mark, yeah. what do you say about that? Yeah, I, I, I was just thinking about when um, when you're talking about this, that pe- they already put up the pictures and the names and, and stuff like that. In when, when you said that, in my head, I was just thinking... Uh, when a per- new person starts um, at a position, then leave it. Uh, for example, uh, I've seen it's luckily it's be- uh, for me it's becoming more and more um, uh, common that um, that when people are starting, they usually have a little thing left on their new workstation, a little cup or a little letter from the team or stuff like that. But I was thinking that that the HR could um, make like a little treasure map. On, and then leave it there, and then it will be like you know from their station, and then those like these uh, this dotted line all the way up, and then the X X would be at the HR department's office or something, and like <laughs> like that like would be a little bit fun. Like in case you don't know where we live, just follow the map. X marks the spot. Um, but but yeah, um, and but I, I've, that's also why I've seen that. Um, 
HR uh, HR in general are become uh, using these embedded uh, HR members that they are embedding in with each team. Um, so there's you have this you local so-called local uh, HR uh, representative or associate or whatever uh, and very close that you get you know and it's, so it's not just this faceless uh, department that is just as you said bringing bad news um, so so yeah I mean um, as you said yourself Gabby don't don't feel don't feel afraid of of contacting HR they are usually very, very nice understanding uh, because as you said we are working with people and um, yeah just don't don't be afraid Marie Otherwise, if it uh, if it all comes to it and you want some advice, just write to Gavin and me on LinkedIn, and uh, we'll help you out. <laughs> For um, sure. If, if all, but but we do. Um, I would just to talk on both of our behalves. We do really encourage you to take uh, to make contact to to your own HR department within the company. But we will help you in if if it comes to it, and if you if you want to. So, so that was all our um, questions from the listeners. But I have my own to you, Gabby. Okay. You, you're not, you're not going that easy. <laughs> um, my, my question is: um, um, Do you also think that there's still a lot of companies in which uh, the HR departments are still very numbers driven? Because I do, and again, it just feels like they. They see more you as a number, or um, I was about to call it a team member um, mm-hmm. rather than a person. And mm-hmm. you just need to do your work. You just need to put in the numbers, meet your quotas, meet your targets, and that's it. And if you don't do, it's easy to get you replaced, and with somebody else. What do you think? Is it just me? No, it's not just you. That's that's still plenty companies, even companies that claim to be more modern and to have a a more compassionate HR are still doing this. But the thing is, we cannot exclude the numbers. Um, For everything, I say we have something called ROI. (laughs) And ROI is R-O-I. And I'll explain what it is. It's called Return on Investment. And we need return on investment for basically almost everything in our lives we need to see that if we invest on a course if we invest on something what is the return we get it it might not be a financial return but might be a a return that we really need for example um, I have invested my time learning Danish and my return is that I can understand my mother-in-law because she can only speak Danish and she can understand me so it is a fantastic return for me. So that's return, the return on my investment. And this is necessary. Numbers are necessary for companies. And they are also something that uh, managers and executives understand better. It's more tangible to them. They need to see numbers like 80%, 60%, 70%. That's why we do surveys and uh, we tackle the emotions, but we share the numbers. And that's the difference. Um, I, there's a lot of HR that are still very number dri- driven, but they are only number driven. The ideal HR needs to be a combination of being number driven, 
because we need to to show the the return for all the investments we ask the executives to make. So when we tell them that um, we want to start investing on learning and development, that we want to the, the employees to get to take courses, that we want them to specialize, we have to show them the numbers to prove that this would be a good investment to prove that they will actually improve uh, their work, that this will actually make them better, that this specialization, these courses will bring the company to the next level, that the employees won't just take off, take off and leave. And uh, so that's the thing. That's the combination. Um, there are still, as you said, companies that are completely numbers driven, and they like a hundred percent. They don't see the person. They don't see even that this or that is an investment. They just see that they want the return. But what I say to these companies is, if you don't invest on the people, you're not going to get any return because the return only comes when the investment comes first. So that's my point of view, that you need a balance that you do need the numbers, but mainly you need to understand and invest on people correctly first. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I see what, I, just, um, I understand what you're saying. Um, but the thing is also, if you don't, as you said, if you don't invest, then you also lose your retainment on people and, and uh, your, your big talents, and then they'll probably just leave. Because if they already tell you, hey, I, I'm not happy, I want to leave, then it's not just something that's just happened over the weekend. It's just something that's been going on for quite a while. Maybe they already have another offer that I accepted. Um, so, yes. And then if and then if they, they actually end up leaving, then you have an open space. They need to go into the whole recruitment process and you need to have and then you find another candidate you need, need to onboard them and that's also a lot of time and money you put into that um so so yeah i mean you you can't just see people as numbers or as quote-unquote tools um because it's it's gonna be very, very costly at the end i would say yeah um that's exactly what it so, is. It's that's part of being number driven in a positive way that you see the 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 kind of expensive you have by negative hirings, by not investing on people as you should, by not creating the environment that makes it possible for people to develop and grow and actually be happy to work. So that's a uh, an unintelligent uh, way of being numbers driven. So if you can be numbers driven positively, if you actually make the numbers into intelligent calculations of I'm going to invest in this and I'm going to get back this. And one of the things, just as you said, is retention and companies need retention, not just because they need to have the people there in golden handcuffs stuck for, the, for life, no. But if you don't have a certain retention, you have a lot of expenses, you have a lot of loss of money, and this loss can be fatal. So it's very important for you to retain, and it's always very important for you to use the numbers in your favor. Yeah, 
for sure. Yeah, and I, I, I saw this picture uh, thing a few days ago where it says that uh, the, the um, great talent, uh, great talent doesn't complain, they leave. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I mean, and also just to, just to end it off because I, I feel we're going on a, on a tangent, tangent that uh, will leave us in a completely different place <laughs> than we planned. Uh, I mean, we don't plan, of course. <clears throat> it's all, it's all um, top of our heads here. Um, <laughs> and so yeah, but but yeah, as I wanted to to finish this up with is also that by you investing in people, they also talk because people talk. We cannot we cannot avoid this. And people will talk, and they can talk to friends, family, whatnot, and they say, oh, "I'm working this company, and it's so cool that they're investing and sending us and courses and all these things," and that that word will spread and that will also attract you new great talent. So you don't also, also minimizing your own need for uh, researching for your own talents and need to go through that whole pool to find something uh, that will fit, fit the position that you, you need to have uh, occupied. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of uh, affecting everything and that's, also, not to, uh, um, well, anyway, um, I was just saying that it's, I think that's what for me makes HR so interesting is exactly that everything is connected. It's not just one single line, but it's like a spider web. It's if you touch something, it affects something else. And, um, and it, I think that's just what comes down to working with people because we are not just one line, one linear line, one start to finish, but we have all these divergence that goes one way or another. And yeah, we never know what affects what. So finally, we're moving on to today's topic. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I can always, and I can already feel that, that this will probably be a little bit longer than uh, we normally will plan to do, but this will be probably a one-off. But let's get down to it. So, Gabby, yeah, why, uh, <laughs> why most companies are still not using HR to its fullest potential? Why? Can you answer? Oh, uh, yes. Um. I think to me it's still a mystery. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's still a mystery because also uh, it, the times are changing. Uh, companies are developing in different ways. Uh, they are finding out the new generation that is also coming. You have the new. Uh, there's so many names of generations. Is uh, baby boomers, uh, <laughs> millennials, and now is Gen Gen Z. Yes. Yeah, we also have X, X and Y. Yeah, X and Y. So you have so many new generations. You have, and, and people need different things. If you ask people nowadays in a company, uh, what are your motivators? And this is something very important. Uh, people are going to, to come up, different generations will, will give you different answers. Uh, newest generations are not um, so much for financial motivators. As mm. they are for opportunities to grow, to learn and develop, 
to work in an amazing environment, to make a change. I think making a change is something that people are looking for a lot nowadays, especially the new generation. And I work with a lot of the new generation. I have to say I'm not from the new generation, guys. Sorry to disappoint. <laughs> and uh, of course, my motivators are different. And when I see the difference in in what they want, I, I realized that um, HR has to change, but it's a difficult change because we come from mm. the even uh, older generations and <laughs> we, the, the, the department is used to doing something in processes in the same way. And some processes, they don't quite change because you, you still need to file people. You still need to register. You still need to do all the the procedures from beginning to end of this employee cycle. And I think this new mindset for, for many companies of, okay, I need to redo or rebuild or rebrand the whole department it's still a little bit difficult because it means a lot of investment as well and it means a lot of companies thinking uh am i going to get a return am I, because am i going to create uh, a new position for a culture and people leader and this is ohr am i going to create a new position for a head of talent for a talent acquisition for a talent manager and what are those people going to do so to get the hr department to change you also need to to create positions to invest a lot and if the executives are are not following the trends or it's not on their personality also to to feel that this is necessary for the company, they still are not going to be using HR to its full potential. And uh, also another thing, what is HR fullest potential? Because there is so many um, tentacles now to HR and uh, some companies need many tentacles, like as I was saying, culture and diversity, talent manager, talent acquisition, recruiter. Some companies don't need that much. So, and they are using HR to the fullest potential. And it's, it's very subjective, but I would say that it's, <laughs> most are still not doing as a generational thing. And as this mindset that HR is used for this and not for that, for sure. Yeah. Uh I, I think you, you hit it spot on that it is very difficult. It is also difficult, as you said, because um, as as we move on, there's new new generations that that emerge on the market, like on the on the employee employee market, uh, and they have different motivations. Because yeah, as now since you have already uh, have kind of. Uh, hinted to that you are of an old generation. Um, I, I I assume that that the 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 normality with like uh, what the normal motivators from your generation isn't that like stability, financials, and so you can uh, take care of your families and stuff. And yeah, and I also um, I also 
I actually listened to to a course recently where where they they talked about that now for for the younger generations it's it's an experience people need to have an experience they need to to feel that what they're doing makes makes sense it has a purpose um, they're making a difference basically um, and there is this very typical um, this typical um, um, view of 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 the new generation is that they want to change the world and it, it's not that far off because they do want to to make that small difference like they want to know that when they go up get up get out of bed go to work do that job it makes a difference and funny enough i mean I'm not. Um, I th- I think I'm in a millennial uh, generation, or I'm in the generation Y. I don't know. Um, I'm f- I'm from the from '89. So, listeners, can you please help me out here because <laughs> I still don't know, and it changes every time I go to a different web page. So, um, <laughs> um, and and I I do want to make it make a difference but i don't know i don't need to change the world i just want to um to make a difference for 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 people it can and that's why i i like to do h and to work within hr because it can be as as you said gabby just check in like hey how are you doing um are you still happy is there something you want to talk about something you need um or just tell people that you're available just you know, always tell them about this open door and that they can always just walk through and you'll help, you'll help them out. And, but, but yeah, um, it is very difficult to, to say specifically and to give a very specific answer to what is the false potential, because as you said, Gabby, it, it really just, um, it depends on what kind of company, both size, but also which area, um, the companies working within because yeah it uh, it depends on it depends really on on company the company itself so um but i think we already have talked a little bit about uh, upon this topic but um there's also this misconception that is going on uh, about hr and gabby what is the biggest misconception to you about hr Ah, yes, we've talked about this a lot today, uh, is that HR is that lady that we see on the movies and the TV shows that is is never happy. <laughs> it's usually mm. very grumpy. And when you go there, when you, when you have to talk to HR, is because you are in trouble, that we are some kind of uh, lord of doom. And uh, we we never bring good things. I remember listening to this. Oh, you want to talk to me? Oh, I'm a little nervous. And uh, I think that's a biggest misconception that we we work in uh, just resolving uh, issues, just filing and uh, pushing papers, and that we bring the, that we are the messenger of all bad news in the company. <laughs> 
Oh, when we say anything, the words we are we are saying are words of doom. So I think that that's the biggest misconception about HR that we are there just to, uh, and also to be the kind of the, as you said, the messenger of the of of the executive's wishes. That kind of is that what we are because we need to give the message the messages, but it's not in like oh she came to just tell me that i'm fired she came to just tell me i'm doing a bad job she came just to tell me that i need to behave in a certain way so no it's it, it's not a um, we are not messengers of doom it's it, it it's a whole department that can do a lot for you and for your company for sure yeah i've also uh, heard heard others talking about that um, that that HR is also kind of a secret police in a way, um, and I, um, I wrote, because the, I think what they mean with that is, for example, that some people might have gone to them and have told them about some stuff, and this has then been told somewhere else, like for example, to a high some higher ups, so they were you know extracting information and then giving it. Yeah to the headquarters and stuff like that. And they, they were walking on the halls and making sure that everyone is behaving like this, you know, this teacher going, walking down uh, this, the school hallway to make sure that everyone is behaving and following the protocols and all that stuff, yeah. um, which kind of is, is a little scary image, I would say, too, that this is a something that still exists today. That I mean, this mental image um so but that also comes down to what i was talking about before about this whole rebranding i think in general um I, of course there will be be some some companies where they already have done or have changed this uh, uh, idea of hr is uh, is that we really need to rebrand and and tell people that this is this might be the old image or the old version, but this is not uh, representative today. Or if it is, then that department really needs to um, wake up and smell the flowers because that is uh, way outdated. Yes. I would, I, I would add that uh, uh, I say that a big compliment that I receive sometimes is. Oh, Gabby, you're nothing like any HR person I've ever met. <laughs> and I, to that, I reply, well, I'm like uh, most HR people I have met because they help forging <laughs> who I am as well. And uh, it's it's how it should be, at least. that we, we should be listeners. And as you said, not a police at all. And it there is uh this this is a misconception for sure because um hr has to keep everything confidential and if something comes comes out uh it's it's this is against the rules and um if if we need to talk to you about something that will be discussed with an executive that will be discussed with a manager is because we need to solve a communication breach, a communication gap. And we kind of need to, to build a bridge between you two 
And for that, we need to communicate with the other party. But it will probably be very clear that this communication will exist and that we won't say anything that is harmful to the person or that is confidential, that we will just share what we need to share to get to an agreement or to resolve a conflict. So people should not be afraid because everything you say to HR is completely confidential. Yeah, I, I, I still, I also find myself still doing this because every time for example, I onboard people or I just talk to them in general, I always have to, I always feel like I have to tell people that whatever you tell me, uh, it will stay between me and, and them who reaches out to me. And it, it, it kind of, in a way, saddens me that this is still necessary just to make sure. But I think it also comes down to the fact that um, we, since we are uh, living in a very global world, we have a lot of different cultures represented in different companies. And I do believe that HR changes appearance and operations uh, from country to country, culture to culture. So I, I think that's also why it's necessary for, for me to um, to really clarify that this is in this company is not a thing. Um, we are confidential. We will not leak anything. And if we are, it will still be straight anonymous and nothing, no personal information will be, will be uh, given to anybody else who is not involved in this um, solution on unless it's absolutely necessary, but then it will only be done through um, consent from that person that in, in the beginning reached out. So, so yeah, and I think we, in a way, we kind of touched about our last point about how we think that HR uh, will look like in a perfect world, because I think we have done it kind of in a, reversed way because we have described what, what is wrong with everything so i think that if we just take everything and then you just play the reverse uno card then uh, you have an idea of how gabby and i we we see the uh, how, how we see the hr Do, wouldn't you agree yes i completely agree it's everything that we said now not to do <laughs> and what you we we wouldn't do and what we don't how we don't like to work and how we like to work it shows uh, absolutely how uh, we feel that HR should function in our perfect world at least <laughs> yeah well, or even though it's not it's not a perfect world we still strive well I, I think I can talk for both of us that we still strive to to make all these changes that we talk about and we and divert away from everything we've talked not to do. Um, so so yeah, do you have anything on this topic before we move on? Uh, just one quick thing that uh, as you said, there is no perfect world <laughs> and uh, it shouldn't be and uh, just to uh, a shout out to HR out there that it, if you're still in, in stuck in old processes and if you're not 
quite looking and listening to people, if you just feel that you're completely apart from the rest of the team, that you sh- that you shouldn't uh, engage, that you shouldn't um, take initiative, uh, try just try to to look into people. Uh, beyond those files just try to see people beyond those numbers for what they are for the talents they have for the development and the help they might need Uh, and I think you will probably find a better path for the whole company yeah and um, and if if it doesn't work still then uh, contact Gabby and she will swoop down like a fairy godmother and uh, solve all your problems for sure (laughs) 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 Uh, uh, yeah i think that was a very good good way to to end it all so um just before we we end this episode i would like to just give you a little bit of info about what is coming up um on the next episodes um and that will be about uh, the onboarding process uh, and the whole employee cycle um, where we have chosen to to take each step to and to, and give it each um, as I said give each step its own episode so we can uh, go down into the nitty gritty and see to, you know, to highlight all the different aspects and what what we think uh, is important through these things and to have in mind and stuff like that. But also, so we also have uh, time to to answer f- uh, future questions as well, um, because we do really appreciate receiving these things, uh, these <laughs> things, these questions from you guys. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. Um, so yeah, if you have any, uh, please write to us on LinkedIn, and you can find our names in in this pod- podcast description. Uh, it's uh, Gabriela Obi Rosas, and my name, my own name is Martin Stingsburg. And uh, yeah, you can uh, just write to us. You can also connect with us. We are very kind people and we don't bite. Um, so, do you have anything to end this episode? Well, Martin, it's been uh, an amazing episode. Thank you so much for just uh, being on this journey with me. <laughs> It's it's really fantastic. And uh, well, I'm looking forward for the next episode. I'm looking forward to keep uh, recording this with you. And uh, I hope to to see to I hope that everybody will listen to us soon <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah, because I would say I hope to see everybody soon. I hope to talk to everybody soon again. Yeah, it's uh, my first podcast, guys. Uh, so I don't really know if you're seeing me, hearing me. No, I know you're hearing me. But yes, I, I'm super glad. And uh, I'm looking forward to tackling the onboarding process step by step on the next episodes with Martin, for sure. Yeah, um, it's 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 really been it's really going to be a, a very very interesting and uh, cool journey i would say on this uh, podcast in the future um but yeah uh, i'll end it off here and uh, thank you so much for listening and uh, please tune in and on uh, on the next episodes we are trying we will try to um upload them uh, more frequently uh, than we have done but we have 
we ran into a lot of lot of deadlines mm -hmm. that needed to be done. Um, so yeah.